0: I don't know what to say. It's Cammie here. And on today's podcast, Haley Kiyoko. She is actually our most requested guest for the entirety that the po- entire time that the podcast has existed. And I've gone back and forth with her team for a few years. And we finally had a chance to talk. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Now that I've done this for you, you could do me a favor. <laughs> It's been a while since I asked you to rate and review the podcast. How about that? It hasn't been a while since I told you about our Patreon, patreon.com slash which gets new patrons um, multiple times a week. So that's amazing. People are still signing up very frequently to support the show. Uh, the money goes to help pay Sierra for all the work that she does. It has been a tight time in terms of ads during the pandemic, and y'all have really stepped in to make it doable for me to still do the podcast. I wish I could tell you how much money I don't make doing this show and how that's not the point, Um, because it really is about creating community. And I cannot believe the people I get to speak to. Um, astronauts, literal astronauts, <laughs> Or the head of the human rights campaign or Glennon Doyle or, I mean, goodness gracious, heads of companies, cool ass people. It's all because I have this show and you have helped me keep it going. So thank you so much. Um, head on over to Patreon.com slash and sign up. You Get some cool perks. You can hang out with Sierra and I once a month. Anyway. Please enjoy this episode with Haley. Oh, and I have been doing a series of live shows, and our final one is coming up. It is on February 13th. It's called Cami Loves You. It's going to be a sweet Valentine's themed love message for you because you have been wonderful this last year. You can go to dynastytypewriter.com to get tickets. Or head to any of my socials. Anyway, please enjoy the show. i feeling wrong, but I'm, I'm I know, I know, I know it's careless.
1: Hey, Cameron, nice to meet oh, you. yeah. I'm excited. I know this has been like constantly pushed back and like trying to figure out schedules, so I'm just so excited to get to connect and make this happen.
0: It is a delight. Also, just to say for our listeners, I almost forgot to press record. And Haley, you you don't know this, but I'm so excited to tell you, you are our most requested interview Wow! For the entire history of the podcast. Like since the podcast started that when when the podcast started, that was true. We've had some very big deal, amazing, awesome guests, <laughs> politicians. But it has this has remained true for the whole show. Wow. So what if I, love I finally got you to come on the show? And you
1: didn't record. And I didn't record <laughs> it. <laughs> that sounds like a tease, a full tease. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Wow. But, um, will, you, will you do me a favor? Will you introduce yourself? I always have guests on the podcast introduce
1: themselves. Hey, everyone. My name is Haley Kyoko. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're really good at that. Like, it's clear you've done that. Huh? <laughs> Like the I'm here,
0: stuff. you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, Haley, this is also very funny, but look we haven't we have not met until now, we're meeting now,
1: yeah, this is our first date, but
0: yeah, one time i this was a couple of years ago, I was at a very fancy, cool hip restaurant in the lobby of a hotel in New York at like a a business meeting, and mm-hmm. um. I was looking like very queer and (laughs) ready to represent and um, like the doors open. It was like sort of, it was like, it was a cool spot, but it wasn't like the gayest place you've ever been. But Mm -hmm. then the doors opened and into this restaurant there, there came an entourage. Each person in this group of people was the most interesting person, most interesting looking person I've ever seen. It was like somebody was wearing like a mesh top with like large paint I don't know how to I don't know how to describe it but just everybody looked very cool and then okay. the last person who walked in was you and I felt like <laughs> finally I can relax <laughs> because I'm surrounded by like just the whole atmosphere <laughs> in the place Where was so it? thank you for that you're so welcome i was at the standard hotel in new york and it, you were there because they were provo- they were promoting some sort of like pride okay party and it was yeah. on the roof. And I, I say this because <laughs> I was like, I was like where did she go? And I went to the, after this dinner was over, I went to the elevator and there was like a person with a checklist and they were like, where are you trying to go? And I was like, I don't know. What's in that elevator? And they were like, oh, a gay thing. And I, they thing. said, but there's a, they were like, but there's a list. And I said, uh-huh. okay, well, I'm Cameron Esposito. And they said, oh, you're actually on the list. Oh, well,
1: yeah, duh, you should be. If it's a good thing, you're there.
0: Yeah, man, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just come pretty loaded on the list, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's so crazy. Well, I'm glad we finally get to meet and do this. Um, And I love that you have this podcast, and um, I'm sure it helps so many people. So I'm happy to to chat and hang. Let's do it in twenty twenty one. How are you?
0: I I I saw an Instagram post from you. Maybe it was yesterday, and felt very vulnerable. Felt like you were talking about not being sure where you fit into different boxes. Oh yeah, relatable, my, my boxes
1: story. Relatable. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I think I'm. I I think I'm doing better than most. I'm obviously healthy and you know, staying kind of hibernated. I'm in Los Angeles, so it's just um still pretty crazy over here. But I'm trying to practice vulnerability on social media because I used to be just like so wild and vulnerable and just like not even second guess it. I would just like post all the time. And then I would say like the past, let's say probably like the past year, year and a half, I've just kind of stopped practicing that vulnerability and like opening myself up because it has become scarier for some reason. And, um, and so, yeah, so I'm just trying to practice that and be more open because I mean, that's, that's how I've gotten my start, which was just being open with who I was and the truth and the reality of being, gay in this industry and the ups and the downs. And I think, um, you know, sometimes when you don't practice it, you can, it it can get scary.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you remember something that changed? Was there a specific event or that, that made you sort of second guess being that open?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that I, you know, I've been very open with my mental health and, you know, I've definitely, battled depression for many years and I would say I'm actually on the other side which is really the most amazing thing to accomplish ever but I think by being on the other side I've realized that there's just there a lot a lot of lack of confidence a lot of like I said um courage and this the vulnerability aspect of it because I was in such kind of like uh separated, darker place, um, hmm. it wasn't practiced because I was, you know, staying to, you know, in words and not sharing things and kind of just going through what I was going through. And, you know, I think everyone who battles mental health and are going through something, you don't necessarily want to share it because it's, it's hard. It's hard as is, um, to kind of like confront it yourself. And so, I think that that was like a big component of just kind of this like uh, separation I think I had with who I was and what I was going through and then social media. And now that I'm on the other side, I'm trying to, um, you know, implement that and practice that more because that's who I am. You know, I've always just been open and honest and just kind of let everyone in, but uh, it has a new weight to it now that I've experienced, you know, what I've been through, essentially. Sure.
0: Well, I also can have, you know, I have a lot of compassion for you because I can imagine. So even if, you know, you are honest about something like that, when your job involves being in the public eye, you know, then people are going to ask you about the things that you've struggled with. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost, it's almost my, my personal experience of, dealing with um, difficult or complicated things is that it's very hard to figure out how to thread that needle of being, mm-hmm. like, of of figuring out how much public and how much private. And I don't even have the life that, like, you know, like, paparazzi's not waiting outside my door today. But <laughs> Me either. But still, it's very <laughs> It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. it's a good thing. <laughs> but it's very difficult to figure out the, like, public and private um, mm-hmm. navigation because then... Like, let's say you do speak out about mental health struggles, then it's then I just feel that there's well, then I have to have something to say and I have to mm-hmm. be, be on the ball about it all the time. And I have to then I'm allowed to be asked about that in interviews, you know, things like that. So it's a lot to carry.
1: Yeah, I think that that threads through everything. I think that threads through coming out, you know, mm-hmm. it's like like that's something that cannot be rushed. You have to be ready because once you're ready, you're owning it. And you have to actually confront it every single day and own that part of yourself. And so that's a scary thing. And then I think that kind of translates through, you know, mental health or like if or any kind of challenge you're going through. I think when you're in it and you're going through it, it's not something that you have wisdom from or have overcome. So there's not you don't necessarily want to share it. And then I think once you finally get through it or you come out or you, you know, um, get over that hurdle, I think you're able to take a step back and at least, you know, put words to those feelings um, and, you know, just have more grace for yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you also mentioned coming out and that time of navigating whether or not to do it. For me, Mm -hmm. it it was such a long process. You know, like, mm-hmm. folks asked me because my first girlfriend routinely mailed packages that had been sprayed with perfume to my home. So <laughs> then I... <my> oh, pe- <laughs> that's so romantic. It was so I romantic. I love that. Gucci Rush. That's what it was. Oh, my. Um, rich. Know. Yeah, rich. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the the that first conversation to when i was telling all my friends to when everybody in my life at work knew i had a girlfriend like that was a matter of years mm-hmm. and i um i'm curious about what that was like for you you know how you decided to expand your circles of people you know, know knowing your knowing your truth
1: yeah i mean that's a great question i think um like i mean everyone has a completely different story and journey I knew I was gay since I was five. So I'd been harboring that, you know, my whole life. I mean, it's really just been my whole life. And then I had many boyfriends, many beards, as they call it. <laughs> and they were, you know, they were nice. They were nice guys. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, I I think I came out to like one of my friends in like seventh grade, and I came out to my parents in middle school and they said it was a phase. So then I went back into the closet and, you know, continued to navigate high school and dated a couple of girls. And, um, and then I went through like a, a major heartbreak in high school where I like shaved my head and just like was just got in a dark place and, um, and then that was, like, the finally that moment, like, because I locked myself in my music room for, like, three days. And I was like, don't come in here. <laughs> my heart's broken. Um, that was the moment where my mom realized that, you know, the girl thing wasn't going away necessarily. And so that was, that was you know, my adolescence. And then I think what really pushed me or motivated me to fully come out um, was my art, was realizing that, uh, I was holding myself back. Um, art has always been my number one companion. And so, um, when I realized that that was holding me back, um, you know, we wrote Girls Like Girls in 2014, uh, and then released it in 2015 and did the music video for it and like i said i've i've always said I, I i didn't want to put it out but it was something that there was just something in me that felt like i had to like it was like time to share it and obviously i wasn't in the music video i wanted i wanted people to focus on the story and the idea of being able to have a hopeful relationship with another woman um and so you know i separated myself i directed that and that that sparked this director light in me and the rest is kind of history from there. But I mean, it took, I was, I can't do the math, but I think I was like, I think I, I remember I met my, my first lesbian at like 21. Like I (laughs) know. My first lesbian is a doll that I should sell. (laughs) Well, I just want you to know that I'm sure I met many queer people up to that point, but like the first out lesbian I'll never forget. We like went to Tendergreens and she was in my acting class awesome. and I had heard that she was a lesbian and I was like thinking, oh my gosh, I'm a lesbian too. And so I sat her down and then, you know, I started bursting into tears and I was like, I'm gay. <laughs> and she was like, cool. Yeah. And then it was just silence and I looked at her and she looked at me and we moved on. And she just, like, completely normalized this experience that felt like trauma my whole life. Um, And from that point on, I was able to live my truth, you know, fully, publicly, um, you know, with everyone I encountered. Do Do you remember
0: this person's, the other person's age? Were they your same age or were they, like, a little older than you?
1: She was, I think she was a couple years older than me. I think every queer person has this one person or will meet that one person. It could be, you know, like I said, myself being myself and maybe we don't meet in person, but there's always this one person that kind of just like normalizes these feelings for you. And then you go, oh, I'm my worst enemy. Like, oh, I can do this. Oh, like, I just need to own who I am. And... Yes, some people will judge me, but a lot of the judgment is just projection. So I can do this. And so it just clicks with you. And so that obviously can't be rushed. Um, Again, like I'm not like a professional, like, you know, psychologist or something like that. But I'm just saying that like that process can't be rushed. And everyone goes at their own pace, but everyone has that moment. And I think that for me and my music and everything I do... My goal is to do something that hopefully can help someone else's experience be easier or become easier or essentially normalize the experience um, in case they haven't met someone in person or um, they're not surrounded by people like themselves. Um, and so that's always Yeah, my I,
0: I hear you. I mean, that's... It's funny, there's, you know, there's that song Ring of Keys that's in the musical Fun Home that is about a young kid seeing a delivery driver, like a UPS delivery driver, and identifying the queerness about, like, these this pair of shorts and, like, this certain butch attitude. Um, and I remember as a little kid identifying, like, I loved Mary Stuart Masterson's character in the movie Fried Green Tomatoes because she's, like, a little masculine of center kid, and I was mm-hmm. like... Me too. But it's very different. But I didn't understand yeah. what was going on. I was just like, she likes to fight with flower yeah. with her friends. Yeah. You know, like, but mm-hmm. then it's very different when you encounter that person who's really, like, living the life for that first time. My first boss was the first yes. person who, like, I very tearfully came out to her as dating one of my coworkers, which we were not supposed to do. And then she came out back mm-hmm. to me at also dating one of wow. her coworkers. Which was wow. know, a truly wild experience. But, um, you know, it's different after you've met that person who's an adult who's living the yeah. um, the full life. And I, I do agree that sometimes that's a person you meet in real life. And sometimes that is also that might be you, you know, that might be you via your Instagram mm-hmm. or
1: whatever, you know, somebody might be. Yeah, or it could exactly. be a song, or it could be a video, or it be someone that you follow. And I think that the the core of this combo is is that like, you know, believing is seeing, or seeing is believing, right? And so, like, if you see success, if you see someone that's like you that succeeds and finds love and can find happiness, then it's proof that you can Do you feel too. Specifically you know? in. So,
0: like, when I was a kid growing up, or then even as I started dating, I there were, like, not mm-hmm. songs that I could identify as. I mean, I liked George Michael, mm-hmm. but I truly thought he was actually singing about <laughs> teachers. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I like David Bowie. I just didn't understand, like, what was going on. But I remember, lis- like, I would listen to a Beach Boys, the Beach Boy song, then I kissed her, and I'd be like, this is a gay song. Mm-hmm. I'm kissing a girl. Like, I this kissed is her. my me. song. Yes, they exactly. wrote this for me. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't really get the one-to-one experience that somebody might get listening to your music. Did you have that growing up? Did you have anybody who you felt like was singing a song you, that directly applied to your life?
1: Um, I mean, Tegan and Sarah, they were like, I mean, they were that. They were probably the only th- that that I had. Like, they, you know were queer and, you know, they, um, they, I, I think, I think a lot of the the times, I'm not sure what pronouns they used, but I just knew that they liked girls. And so when I listened to their music, I was like, oh, this music's for me. And like that, they were like a huge influence on myself. Just seeing, seeing them, they had like, you know, the short spiky hair. I had the short spiky hair and like Again, seeing them, you know, be successful and people buying tickets to their concerts proved that they weren't aliens, (laughs) like I felt. You know, I was like, oh, cool, I'm not an alien. they're not alien. And, like, maybe someone will purchase a ticket to come see me one day. So I listened to them a lot. But I did a lot of—so they were, like, top of my playlist. But I also—I did a lot of replacements. So, you know, I'd listen to— or I listen to like Linkin Park or I I just listen listen to All American Rejects and, you know, and I would make it gay. I would make it what I needed it to be in my head. Um, I think right now being in 2021 is such a great time because I feel like there's so much more representation, um, especially in the music industry, um, that are very specific to certain perspectives and genders and sexualities. And I think that that's really, really inspiring um, for, you know, younger generations, like you said, to have someone very specifically be like them. And I think that that is huge for someone's Yeah, confidence. it is.
0: Absolutely. I know. I mean, sadly for me, I, both Tegan and Sarah, since they're twins, are one year older than me. So I was like living... Life with them as opposed to being able to, um, oh wow, okay, listen so, to their music yeah. and be like, Someday that'll be me. I was like, What am I supposed to be doing right, right. now? You know, and I would be like, wearing a horizontally striped <laughs> You're like, shirt. I yeah, am like, in this,
1: yeah, yeah, I am <laughs> in this right now.
0: Um, but yeah, those two, you know, they're amazing because I think they know that, and which is really a cool mm-hmm. thing to absorb but not. Like, it hasn't made them arrogant at all. It's just made them feel responsible to the community. Anyway, shout out to those friends. They're amazing. Um,
1: yeah, we love Tegan and
0: Sarah. Also, as a side question, I guess, do you feel to, like, I, I know, you, of course, I know that you're right, that there is more representation and more different voices and, and accurate mm-hmm. pronouns and, like, dresses on people who were assigned male mm-hmm. at birth. You know, like, just, like, There's a lot of gender fuckage, and things are different. But I also don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, things are different in the comedy world. I still feel often pretty isolated within my field as a queer person. You know, so I think what I'm wondering is, like, Mm -hmm. even if that has changed for the consumer, you know, or for like somebody who wants to Mm -hmm. listen to music, does that does that feel? Do you feel like you have contemporaries or people that you can talk to who are having similar experiences? I I don't necessarily in my field. I I usually find it a little easier outside of my field.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think when I say there's so much more representation doesn't mean that the hurdles are gone. Doesn't mean the isolation is gone. Doesn't mean that we're creating in a structure that is not necessarily built for us. And that's kind of what I was saying about that post I, I did on my Instagram about how like we're you know, the consumers were trying to fit in this box, but everything you make is outside of the box. And then somehow you get wrapped up trying to feed the box again. And it's like, well, I was never in the box to begin with, you know, and so... um Is there more representation? Are there more artists out there that, you know, we're able to reach out and be like, hey, like, great work. Like, keep up the great work. Yes. But do I think that every one of those artists are battling massive mountains? Absolutely. Um, I'm still battling massive mountains. Um, uh, You know, I think that when you're creating something out, like I said, outside of the box or it feels new and then there's no template. It's like, okay, well, here's the template to get here, but you are over here and you don't fit in that template. So I don't know how to help you unless you, you know, enter this template and you're just like, okay. And it's I, you know, I talk about it to my therapist a lot. It's like frustrating because it's just, it never gets easy. And I think, um, That's just a part of life. I think when you're different and you're not, you know, feeding the white hetero, you know, male narrative, you know, it's challenging, period. Yeah. End of story. And I think that you have to work 10 times harder um, and be persistent and not give up. And it's it's. It's tiring, I think. I think I'm sure my other colleagues like in the industry feel that way. And it comes off easy because we end up releasing this music and we end up releasing these music videos. But there's so many, so much politics behind it, so much like, I mean, I definitely face a lot of pushback in the industry. I have a lot of support, but I definitely face a lot of pushback. Because it's like people say they're allies and they say, we love the gays and we love this. And they throw a rainbow on it. But it's like to actually put that into action and to actually finance that idea and to believe in that idea and change the narrative and to see queer people win, like whether it's on screen, whether it's on the radio, um, anywhere, it's still challenging. And um (laughs) That just takes that just takes time. And I think I'm sure you feel the same way in your field. And, you know, there will always be, you know, four steps ahead and six steps back. And, you know, it's this constant back and forth thing. Screw that's why it's great to have a podcast like this, because, you know, people can listen to it and, and find find people that can relate to them. And I think that 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 is what's so great about social media is is being able to connect to people that you can't physically see.
0: Queeros, I just want to take a moment and shout out Jordan Duffy and Matt Apodaca, who are behind the scenes. Jordan is our sound engineer. Matt works uh, on the producing end, working with Midroll, Stitcher, the company that sells ads for us. And both of those people are kind, good people who have continued to work on the podcast remotely throughout the pandemic. So just a shout out to those two as I get ready to tell you about our sponsor— Was I was just going to ask. It was very good follow-up. Okay. <laughs> you know, I do think there's a little bit of a difference in our industries, though. Look, I'm not like in your meetings, but one thing that I mm-hmm. have noticed <laughs> when I listen to the radio is that, um, you know, songs about like nobody's writing comedy where, where they're like pretending to be queer. Well, hang on a second. Yes, that does exist, but it's just it's that's the joke. Like the Mm -hmm. whole like queer folks as a joke. Absolutely. That's been going on forever. But aspirational queerness or like um, titillating sexy queerness is Mm -hmm. not something that exists in comedy. And I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about how in music, um, you know, I certainly have heard songs that are about like women kissing women or whatever the topic Mm -hmm. is that also don't seem to be about living that actual identity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I understand from a industry sales perspective that those songs are being talked about in rooms as like, oh, they're for everybody. Like, they're they're just sexy songs for anyone who wants to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't, you know, maybe this is like, I don't know how comfortable you are talking about this, but that's very different than actually putting out music that's about lived experience
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like hot women kissing in a bar is pretty different than like i'm a queer person here's my life
1: totally and but i think that you know what's great about art is that it's free and you can do whatever you want with it and i think that you know like there's a person in every single avenue and i think my avenue and my focus is my truth and my truth is that I live and breathe women and I've lived, <laughs> I you live know, and breathe women is, is great. First of all. Yes. So that's, Thank you. and sure. so that's my truth and that's how I will always write music. And, you know, hopefully I will be able to feed that, that hole or bridge that gap um, for people who want have, to want to have those honest experiences and for other artists who want to just kind of have fun and, Party and you know experiment, and like there are also people that want to do the same thing, and so I no, think right. that I think that there's I think that's what's great about art is that you, you can't really everyone's speaking their own truth, right, and so as long as everyone's speaking their own truth, like then you're doing the best that you can, and so um I try to think of it that way, but I understand what you're saying like' that as, a com- as a comedian it's I'm sure um it's it's a totally different thing my by the way my dad my dad was a stand-up comedian so i grew up with comedy grew up with going to comedy club i'm so sorry though <laughs> the whole the <laughs> whole i lived i lived that whole life yeah
0: um oh i guess i was you know i was gonna ask if it, if that ever if the the like one off songs ever bug you but honestly your answer was like very healthy and adult so like you can just go with that answer. Like that sounds chill and like we can Well then are you able to be can you be more specific about the the
1: pushback that you do get? Like can you talk to me about that? Sure. Yeah, I um it's really challenging to speak about this and be like politically correct a lot sure. of the time, so I'm going to try to choose my words wisely. But I think that the main thing is it's very challenging to describe to someone your experience when they just have no ability or realization of what that experience is, nor do they care. And so I think it's <laughs> it's hard, you know, yeah, you sure. know, it. So it's hard. So you're like in this room and you're like, you know, and I, you know, I tell the infamous story of just like, it's like, oh, you're going to sing about women again or, oh, like, you know, like, or I'll, I'll do a pitch for a film or something like that, you know, and it's just like, okay, well, where's the suicide? Like, that's the reality. And I'm like, well, you can create art based off of reality, but you can also create art based off of of other people's reality and also reality that we have not seen. And I think for me, that's been my focus is that the reality that I have been told has been a very negative path for just queer people in general. And so I'm trying to flip that narrative on its backside and be like, hey, you can be successful. Hey, you can have the world love you. Hey, you can find someone who loves you back and not sacrifice or, you know, cross your boundaries as a person. And um, and those are narratives that are still being are I'm fighting to tell. And like anything, no matter what your background is, your gender, your sexuality, um, it's, you know, if you're different, it's going to be challenging. And that that's just it. Like, people just want to see the same thing over and over again. And, um, you know, it's it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard not to get discouraged. It's hard to not feel like, wow, it's me against the world. And I think that, uh, like I said, that's why, you know, music is great and these podcasts are great. And, you know, really finding your community to support each other through challenging times where you do feel isolated and you do feel kind of like... You're like, why am I banging against this wall? And why does nobody understand how important this is? Because this is running through my veins. And um, yeah, but I think that, um, yeah, life can be hard sometimes for sure. You said that you um,
0: wanted to say that you can can have somebody who loves you for who you are. That was part of what you were talking about, wanting to sort of communicate to others and Mm -hmm. i have no idea if you get this if you get if people ask you about this but um i would imagine that you're being openly gay is like the thing people ask you about the most and um i don't know how often people ask you about race as it um Mm -hmm. relates to being in the entertainment industry being in the music industry like Mm -hmm. i don't know how much that comes up for you I would, I would imagine that people are so surprised to, to, to meet a queer person that maybe sometimes it falls off the end of the table.
1: Um. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm half Japanese, half, like, just a mix of Caucasian-ness. Um, I'm half Japanese, and I'm, like, half, like, European-Scottish. Um, my dad's white. My mom's Japanese-Canadian and um i think ra- i think for me growing up i i besides being gay i struggled with being half asian because it was like i didn't really fit in with the asians at my school but then i knew i was different from other people and i think that i only really realized it when i started acting And I started going out for roles and I'd go out for an Asian American girl and I'd never book it because I just wasn't Asian enough. Then I'd go out for a Caucasian role and I was never book it because I wasn't white enough. And so I think that that was brought to my attention more so in the, um, once I started entering the entertainment industry, being in the music industry, um, it's, you, you know, you notice it less, um, or at least I have. And like you said, it's been focused on my sexuality. Um, but growing up, as I've gotten older, I've really embraced, um, my heritage and being Japanese. I love Japan. And, um, I took a year of Japanese and failed miserably, but I'll try again. And have you performed there? I haven't like, that's the thing. I was like, I feel like I'd be really, I think, I think they would love me over there, but I have yet to yeah, let's get it set up the Asian territory. I know I need to get it set up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've traveled there, but I have yet to perform there. I think that that's probably my, my, the next tier, um, from where I am. And, um, but yeah, but I've really learned to love who I am and I, I love that I'm mixed race. And um it's definitely a big part of who I am. Um but like you said, my sexuality kind of um takes over most of the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I'm my my girlfriend is half Japanese and half oh, cool. Irish and um has like a fully shaved head and like uh only wears like oversized cat sweatshirts and she sounds never. gorgeous. <laughs> number one, she's very fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number two, it's like a conversation we have a lot in our household that like never is she read as queer, like out in the world. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like I like she can be wearing we're like wearing the same outfit or like I'm wearing like like, you know, I have like giant boobs and like a like a longer hair than her. And people will be like, sir and <laughs> ma'am, like it's just like she can't get around Cultural um, Mm -hmm. perceptions of like her Japanese-ness specifically. She's also like little, you know? So it's, so I just think it's like, no matter what she's ever going to do, people are going to be like, this is a straight woman. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. it just is like an experience. And I'm sure that
1: affects her in a certain way too. Like, you know, oh, yeah, it's so intense. Everyone has so many, yeah, it's it's crazy. I know, it's wild. I I have, uh, yeah, it's, it's wild
0: to, um, not if people know what's going on with you when you're trying to tell them, you know, and I, I'm 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 curious if you if you're like out in the world, if people read you as queer.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would, I think so. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure everyone that I went to school with pro- that. I wasn't even close, but I'd probably see my career and go, oh yeah, she was really gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh like all my ex boyfriends were probably like, oh yeah, she was really gay. <laughs> yeah, all my um, ex boyfriends too. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, but I, I, I'm proud of who I am, and I think that that, you know. It that changes. I think when you're not there yet mentally, it can be a negative thing. Um, But I do, I think for myself, my, my journey of femininity and masculinity has always been a, a, a struggle and a balance that I've tried to maintain. And it is something that can feed my insecurities sometimes for sure.
0: Like for instance, right now you have long hair
1: and mm-hmm.
0: That's the only way that I feel like I've seen you, but then you're talking about having these other shorter hair times in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to have hair like your length. I used to like flat iron it to the front, spiky in the back, and you know, oh,
0: what a dream! It was awesome. That was yeah, so cool. that does sound awesome. Actually,
1: <laughs> What do you um,
0: do you feel that? what you're doing aesthetically, you have to like make choices that are statements or do you feel like it's just kind of what
1: you're comfortable with at I love life? I love women, I love um I love femininity and so I pursue that for myself. So I I naturally have a very masculine energy and like style but I, um, I love being a woman, so I also love having long hair, and I, I, I love wearing a dress and high heels sometimes, and so that's something that I really enjoy, and I think that that's kind of, like, the balance and why I love having long hair. I'm sure sure I'll cut it in a couple years and go through different phases in life, but um, that's just what I feel comfortable with and what I love.
0: What have you been doing with yourself over the great stay at home?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, um, I have a perfume coming out, which is really exciting. That is exciting. Um, yeah. Um, so I've been working on that for the past couple of years. Is that your first one? It's my, yeah, it's my first, like, how, how buy is- Haley Kiyoko anything. <gasps> I know. It's really exciting. What is it called? called. It's called Hue, H-U-E. Like your Hue Mm -hmm. or like Hue Hefner or like a spectrum. And, um, the tagline is just embrace, embrace you, embrace Hue, um, embrace what makes you Hue. And, um, it's, I have, I for some reason like I've just always loved perfume. Like I feel like scent can be such an aphrodisiac for like people regardless of gender and sexuality and like it's something that like was always my armor growing up in middle school and high school and even now where I spray a perfume on and it gives me more confidence and helps me like take on the world and just kind of like the day or you know when I was younger the rejection. Um, and so it's something like I've always wanted to um, accomplish at a young age. And so I'm so, so excited to release it, um, And just like, I love the smell. It smells amazing and it makes me feel great. And so I'm hoping that um, it will make other people feel great as well. So I'm really excited. What does it smell like? Oh, Thank you so much for asking. It okay, so when you spray it, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. it opens with blood orange and freesia. Oh, wow. And then it transitions into uh, a special rose called Craftivity, lychee, and pink magnolia. And then as it dries down, okay, it, uh-huh. you get like a musk and like a special cacao. So it has wow. this really nice balance of, like, masculine and feminine um, accents. And that's just, that's who I am. So um, I try to create a, a fragrance that really represented who I was and, and what I love. And it's so yummy. I love it so much.
0: <laughs> I, I have no idea how one would, would make a <laughs> you yeah, like did you partner do you have I mean obviously obviously you didn't obviously you didn't make this in your house but what I yeah, mean no, is like, I just created is a, a
1: lab I just like yeah, built a lab quickly in my created a lab and just started like extracting se- yeah yep. <laughs> yeah no I um well Cosmo helped me develop the fragrance Cosmo and so um many 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 meetings were you know we I'd smell hundreds and hundreds of um, scents and just mixing and matching and something's off and that doesn't smell right. And this, and it's just, it was, it's so challenging. I had no idea what I was getting (laughs) myself into to be completely honest. I thought it was just going to be like, you know, not as challenging, but again, you know, if you want to make something great, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. So um, it's been a couple year journey and I can't believe it's finally here. I'm so excited for everyone to get to, um, pre-order it. The pre-order is live now, so you can check it out at huebyhayley.com or you can stalk me on my social media and find the link. Um, but make sure to pre-order it and check it out. It smells so yummy.
0: I want some Haley Kiyoko perfume. <laughs>
1: yeah. No big deal. Just like, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's great. Um, so yeah, but uh, you know, during during kind of staying at home, I've just been taking care of myself, getting healthy and taking care of my body. I, I was touring for a couple of years and I, I when I came home, I just was like my body was just like mad at me. So I just have spent a lot of time just like self care, like just self care across my forehead. And um yeah, so um yeah, it's been good to me. Yeah,
0: touring for a couple of years. First of all, I I hear you, and also that is what wow. <laughs> I I just it's this is the longest time I've been at home. The longest stretch I've been at home, um, in like at least eight years. Um, yeah, and it's. Um, I think I thought I would lose it, and there was a period a little bit earlier. Where I just thought I gotta get out of here, but um, yeah,
1: there's like a there's like a a portion of panic that consumes, a and then you're yeah. like, oh, I can do this. This is actually awesome. Yeah. yeah. Says- <laughs> oh, I'm never leaving my house again. Like, yeah. All my like, I were like, like I'm never working in an office ever again. <laughs>
0: yeah. I definitely like I know where to go to the bathroom. I know. Yeah, what you know, food <laughs> is available? It's wild. It's
1: no it's one's gonna wild. steal your snacks in the fridge. No. It's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Great. Were you
0: on a were you on, were you on a bus for years? Yeah.
1: Well, you have to put it in perspective. Like I I've been doing this music thing for a while. So, my first tour, I was in like an SUV and we drove Oh, yes. through winter on the East Coast. Then we graduated to a passenger van. Then we graduated to a sprinter van. And then we graduated to a tour bus. So the last yes. time I was on tour, I had a tour bus and it was awesome. And, you know, you have a little bunk bed and um, set it up and you label your food. So no one steals your Doritos and uh, <laughs> you have like a Dorito fight on the tour bus. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah. it, it was, it, it's so many memories and um, so much fun.
0: I mean, it does sound beautiful, and I know that it is the dream, and you worked all that, all those different steps to get there. And then I also just, having been on a tour bus myself for just a very short period of time, I think it's, you know, wild to think about the, like, less glamorous parts of getting to do the job that almost nobody gets to do and how fucking mm-hmm. cool it is that you get to be out there, but then also you do sleep in a bunk. You just in a little... Oh, it's grueling. In a
1: little... Casket. It is absolutely <laughs> grueling and like it's just, like bumping yeah. and it's like so yeah. you have to like really like white noise. Yeah. And uh, yeah it's it you know you're working so it's exhausting and you you know you're performing but it's it's the best and you know you create so many memories and I'm sure you can agree like being able to connect with people that connect with you and um and getting to you know essentially travel the world and the country is just like the best gift ever so i'm really I'm really grateful for those those times and i i think of those times often
0: and i'm so glad that your bod is getting a chance to be in a real thank bed you. that might be any size but not necessarily <laughs> the size of your um before i send you back into your day and thank you so much for for being here with us um with us i'm the person me thank you for being here with me <laughs> I, uh, I want to ask you to shout out a queero. You know, we have somebody mention a person, place, or thing that helped them think they could be who they are today. Um, and so would you like to shout out a queero? Mm. The queero has to be queer? No. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just just whoever, um, whoever or whatever gave you the confidence to be who you are.
1: I mean, I would like to shout out my my first Lesbian friend from acting class where we had a meal and tender greens many yeah. many years ago. Um, her name is Allie and she's my queero. She was someone that I will never forget and uh, really allowed space for me to be who I was and to really love myself. And I'll never forget that moment of her just normalizing her response, just being like, "Cool." And me feeling like, you know, I was like, I'm like crying and tender greens and like I'm looking crazy (laughs) and like, she just like totally normalized the situation. And that was a massive turning point for me. So, Allie, thank you for being my Queero. That is beautiful. And I
0: have to say contractually that it sounds like on those, on that particular day that those were some really tender greens.
1: Oh my I have god! That is to
0: say, sick. I, if I didn't say that, I would be sued. Oh,
1: it's oh. you don't understand. <laughs> we it's better so be sent Tender Greens gift cards after this <laughs> podcast. They better listen to that. We're giving Absolutely. them prime content. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: You're feeding like, them. Yeah, look, I'm sorry, but I just.
1: I am who I am. (laughs) I love who you are. So thank (laughs) you for having me. And thank you to all your listeners for supporting myself and yourself and um, everyone's journey. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. Thank you.